Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. I've got two events to tell you about before we get started today. Next Tuesday, February 25th at Hopcat in Midtown, you can join WDET's news director, Jerome Vaughn, reporter Jake Neer, and more DET staffers for some trivia and talk before the next Democratic debate. That, again, is Tuesday, February 25th at Hopcat in Midtown. Uh, Also, on March 4th at 7 p.m., Latino USA, which you hear Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. right here on WDET, is coming to Detroit. So I'm going to join host Maria Inahosa at the Senate Theater in Southwest Detroit at 7 p.m. for a live conversation. We're going to talk about the presidential election. We're going to talk about Southwest Detroit and its rich history of immigration and a lot of other subjects. And that program will be recorded for the In the Thick podcast. You can find information for both events at WDET.org events. Up first today, every public university in the state would tell you that Michigan does a really lousy job of investing in higher education and that funding trends have gone in the absolute wrong direction for a really long time. That has huge implications for college affordability in Michigan and for the quality of education students get at our public universities. But there's a little-known feature of our funding mechanism for higher ed that makes this somewhat worse. Did you know that the amount of money that each school gets per student varies really wildly? So Wayne State University sits at the top of the heap, and it gets the most funding per student at $9,000 per student per year. But Oakland University is at the other end of the spectrum, at the very bottom, And it gets just a third of that amount per student at $3,000 per student per year. Yesterday, OU kicked off a new campaign to lobby state lawmakers to even out that funding gap. It's calling for a funding floor of $4,500 per student per year. Joining us now to talk more about that campaign is Hora Hirsch-Peskovitz. She is the president of Oakland University. Hora, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much, Stephen, and I'm delighted to be with you and with your audience. Sure. So talk first about the overall picture of Michigan's level of investment in higher ed. Most states spend about 10% of their overall budget on public colleges and university. Michigan spends less than half of that, just 4%. I think it's absolutely worth starting from, from that point, how far behind we are other states. Absolutely. And you called it an investment, and I'd like to call it a disinvestment, because over the past 20 years, um, we have been progressively spending a smaller and smaller percent of our total budget. And that places us today 44th among the 50 states in terms of the per-resident spending that we have um, dedicated to how much we're spending on higher education. And the reason why this is so very important is because we know that higher education is directly correlated with the health of our citizens and, very importantly, the health of our economy and economic prosperity. And so it is critical that we understand that this is part of our value system. 
So when we say that we are not investing in higher education, it means that we are making a decision to not care about this important factor. And it's critical because 36 of the hottest jobs in Michigan require a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Right. Uh, We have been talking about this, it seems like, at a policy level for some time. And there have been a lot of goals that have been set out there about reversing this trend of disinvestment. And it seems like we've missed all of them. Can, can you take a minute to talk about what some of the hurdles are to us doing better with this? I mean, it's not as if anyone in Lansing seems unaware of the problem. It seems that they are unable or unwilling to fix it. Well, let me maybe address the goals for a moment. And I want to applaud the governor for setting out for the first time a statewide goal. And Governor Whitmer has set a goal that's called 60 by 30, Mm -hmm. which is that for the first time, Michigan has a goal, which is to achieve 60% attainment of degrees, associate degrees, and certificates by the year 2030. By the way, in Southeast Michigan, the Detroit Regional Chamber and Detroit Drives Degrees, and I'm one of the co-chairs of that along with Dick Rassel, Mm -hmm. we have a similar goal. But I have to say that we are not on track to achieve that. We're not on a trajectory to achieve that at all. And the reason is because we do not have current funding to help us get to that goal. And so we are well behind many other states that have made a decision to achieve that. States like, let me just say, Kentucky and Tennessee that were well behind us if you look at those states 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I guess what I was thinking of is is goals like the one that Business Leaders for Michigan, for instance, laid out at the dawn of the Snyder administration, which, yes. which, which had a 2020 date on it, right? By 2020, they wanted to increase the number of people in Michigan who had attained degrees, I think by a hundred thousand or, 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 or somewhere in that, in that range. And we're, we're not, we're not close to that. that. That's exactly the point. And I think the reason is because if you look at the amount of money that has been committed, it has been uh, basically as a percent of our budget, either as a state or as a reflection of the percent of the university's budget, it has been on a progressive decline. Yeah. So um, if you go back 10 years, for example, um, we the percent of Oakland's budget that has been um, from the state has basically reversed, and we today spend 85% of our budget from tuition, whereas 20 years ago, it was exactly the opposite. It came from the state. Hmm. And, and, and that, by the way, is a similar ratio at nearly every university in Michigan. Right. And now let's talk about this disparity, though, that exists among state colleges and universities here in Michigan, which makes that worse, especially for schools like yours that are at the bottom. And and to remind our listeners, again, Oakland University only gets a third of what Wayne State University gets per student. So $9,000 is the number here at Wayne State University. Oakland is just getting three. Let's talk about why that's true. Right. So let me just emphasize the point. We are not um, at all interested in cannibalizing um, funds from any of the other universities because to make it clear, 
all of the universities make a very important and critical contribution to um, the academic, cultural, and economic prosperity of the state. And uh, none of them are uh, overfunded. In fact, all of them are underfunded. So I want to make that entirely clear here. Uh, The average funding per student is about $5,500. And uh, about half of the universities receive less than that amount. You know, half get more, half get less. Mm -hmm. Um, But Oakland is at the bottom at $3,000. 20 years ago, in 1999, the state made a decision to have floor funding of $4,500 per student. And at that time, uh, Oakland actually received $4,700. If you were to extrapolate and look at just inflation alone, that means that today we would have gotten $7,000 per student. Hmm. But here we are now, 20 years later, and we only receive $3,000 per student, the lowest of the 15 states universities. So what we are proposing is to try to create something that is a bit more equitable. It's still not actually equalizing this because we recognize we're reasonable and we recognize the constraints that the state has in terms of funding. And we're just suggesting that we go back to the 20-year proposed floor funding model 20 years ago and give the five lowest funded schools a floor of $4,500. Now you ask, why is it that way? Well, those five schools at the bottom are the youngest of the 15 schools, and they also happen to be among the fastest growing. And I don't know all the reasons for this, but I believe that those two are two of the key factors that contribute to this discrepancy and um, the inequity that we see today. And talk about how that funding disparity or just the relatively low level of state funding at some place like Oakland plays out in the way that the school operates. What are the what are the consequences of that? Under well, first of all, I do want to say that we feel that we're very good stewards of the funds that we receive. Last year, we received approximately $53 million um, from the state, and we spend 100% of that in financial aid and scholarships for our students. And we're very, very proud of that fact. And in fact, if you look at the amount of debt that our students have, the average debt of Michigan students is $31,000 when they graduate, which is, by the way, above the national average. Again, I believe that that is correlated with the fact that the state is disinvesting in the amount of money that we spend on public higher education. Oakland's students graduate with an average debt, which is below the state average of $27,000 at Oakland. And I believe that's because we spend so much of the funding that we receive on scholarships, and financial aid. If we receive this $4,500 floor, we commit to the state and to our advocates in this campaign that we will lower debt further by 10%, that we will increase our graduation rates by an additional 10%. We currently stand at a six-year graduation rate of 57%. And we will increase our contribution to the state economy, 
which currently stands at $1 billion by $100 million. So I'm committing to all of these things um, if we were to successfully achieve this $4,500 floor, which, by the way, I know cannot be done in one year. Mm. And we're proposing a really modest and reasonable suggestion that this take place over a four-year period of time. And by the way, it assumes that we increase the state budget for education for all of the universities. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Ora Hirsch-Paskovitz. She is the president of Oakland University. We're talking about higher education investment here in the state of Michigan. How much of our tax dollars do we send to support our institutions of higher learning around the state? Uh, For a long time, that number has been declining in comparison to what other states invest in their universities. Uh, We spend about 4% of our total budget on higher education. Uh, Most states spend about 10% of their overall budgets on public college and universities. We're also talking about the disparity in funding among colleges and universities. Not all are created equal here in the state of Michigan. Several universities which were created later than others have lower spending levels than their brethren. Is that fair and does that make sense given the dire need for us to open up more access to people to be able to get college degrees? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us, do you think the state needs to change the way it funds higher education? Should it give each university the same amount per student or at least close the gap between the top and the bottom? Talk about how the issue of college affordability and student loan debt has affected your life. These these underinvestments that the state makes means that parents, for instance, and students have to come up with far more money to pay for college education than they would in other states. And do you think your own investment in your degree or your degrees has paid off? Talk about the value of having gone to college for you or your family. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's start with Jim in Pontiac. Jim, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey. Um, I, I just want to say um, OU has been a fantastic partner with Pontiac for many years now. And my, I, I have a nonprofit. We give scholarships to OU students for environmental and civil engineering. And uh, we do you know, internships with uh, some local groups. Um, and they are very, very involved in the community. It's, it's an amazing institution. And anything I can do to help, how can we help do this? Hmm. Yeah, great question, Jim. Uh, Ora Hirsch-Paskovitz, how can people help make this different? Well, get on our website, and we have um, some specific instructions on how you can um, directly impact our campaign, and um, it's very uh, specific about what you can do to help advocate for us. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for that support. I do want to appreciate the Uh, commitment that you have through our OU Pontiac initiative. Uh, We've just celebrated our fifth year anniversary of working in Pontiac to help revitalize the community. We are a great partner to the Pontiac community. We have six pillars where we focus on uh, revitalization 
uh, in partnership with our colleagues and friends in Pontiac. So thank you for that comment. Mm. I, I wonder what you make of the criticism I hear sometimes from people who defend the the lack of investment that we're making in higher ed, that institutions of higher ed are not great at controlling costs. I mean, if you look at budgets over a span of years at some colleges and universities, they, they, they go they go up quite a bit. And, and there are people who say, look, live within your means. Not everybody gets more money every year than they had the last year. Why should colleges and universities be different? Can you, can you address that criticism? Well, I have to say that if you look at the uh, budgets of essentially all the 15 public universities in Michigan um, and the amount of support that we've seen from them, we are currently uh, below the amount of funding that we received across the board compared to what we received 20 years ago. And there isn't a single university in Michigan that is currently receiving anything close to what we received 20 years ago, let alone for the additional cost of living increase that we have basically um, have to include in our um, labor union contracts. So, um, and that doesn't include any significant growth that any of the universities have had. So I think if you were to look at all 15 public universities, even though you might be able to say that we've uh, used our funds differentially across the 15, uh, not one of them has seen growth plus inflationary increases across uh, the entire spectrum. So I think that that would be an unfair criticism, mm. uh, at least in Michigan. Mm. Uh, let's go to Ed, Ed in Detroit. Welcome to the show, Ed. Today we're talking about disinvestment in universities. A few weeks ago, the conversation was disinvestment in our roads and other public works. Uh, you've talked about disinvestment in the K-12 system. The generation that won World War II left their children and grandchildren a great university system on great roads and other public works. The baby boomers have ruled this state for most of the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. And what we've done, I'm a boomer, what we have done is consume what our parents left us, but we've not reinvested in it. So our children and grandchildren will grow up in a poorer state than we grew up in. Hmm. Uh, and I should also say in conclusion, as a Spartan, I feel a certain amount of, and I think all Spartans should, parental pride in the success of Oakland, you. Hmm. Well, well, Ed, I appreciate the call and and the comments. Uh, Aura, ta ta talk about the, I guess, the generational obligation and, and whether that plays in Lansing when you are talking about the underinvestment in, in higher ed. Is is there a, a recognition of the, the kind of future that we are denying the people who are growing up in the state today? I agree with the caller. Um, I think that we have an obligation, just as um, the prior generation uh, was concerned about our current generation, we have to have a concern for our children and grandchildren. And um, I will also add, of course, um, I'm not sure if all of the audience knows, but Oakland University started out, by the way, as a satellite of MSU. 
and um, and we're very proud of our legacy and history. Mm. Um, but um, we do very much believe that we have to invest um, both in uh, K through 12, which is of course the pipeline for our universities, and in the infrastructure. So these are not mutually exclusive priorities. I um, do not suggest that higher ed is more important than either K through 12, which clearly is needed for the success of higher ed, or in the roads. Um, I believe that uh, you can um, walk and chew gum and that these are both very important. Um, and so, but what it does mean is that as citizens, we, we must not be selfish and we have to consider what's in the common and public good. And uh, these are critical. I will just say, though, that it's important to note that in Michigan, we do spend more on our corrections budget than we do on our higher education budget. And if we were to look at least at one set of values, I might say we might take a close look at that. Uh, again, Ed, thanks very much for the call and the insights. Let's quickly go to Chris in Detroit. Chris, welcome to the show. Okay, so my, my comment is, is that one when professors work, they may they may may, may have one or two courses, and they make sixty seventy thousand. Why is that? When we look at the budget and we look at what if they picked up more course loads and to to offset some of that rising costs. Hmm. Right. Great question, Chris. Or uh, that 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 reflects some of the things that I hear sometimes in criticism. Of of higher ed, the 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 workloads, the the salaries. Uh, well, explain our, to someone our, like Chris why that's true. Yeah, um, I would encourage you to come visit us at Oakland and see the workload that we demand of our professors. Um, they, by the way, make a very modest uh, salary, and they actually have um, a more uh, demanding workload uh, than you might expect. Um, and by the way, we do, uh, those that do research, we expect them to bring in a significant amount of their salary in research. And those that um, do teach, we expect them to bring in uh, a significant amount of their salary equivalents in the amount of tuition, meaning that they need to teach a certain number of students, um, both in terms of the number of students that they teach per class and also the number of classes that they teach. Um, I don't know any professors that only teach one or two classes, uh, at least at Oakland. Okay. And or, by the way, the students that come to Oakland are not taught by TAs or graduate students. They are taught by actual professors, by professors. when they come to Oakland. Right, right. And, and that's a distinction with some other with some other colleges and universities, an important one. Okay, Ora Hirsch-Peskovitz, president of Oakland University. It was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you for the invitation. I enjoyed it. Okay, up next, we're going to talk about how peer pressure might help combat climate change. We're going to have a really interesting conversation with an author who says it might be the best hope to reverse the coming disaster on our planet. Stay with us on Detroit Today.